0: So I'm in a position now where I can compare the Australian approach to water and the South African approach and they of course very two very very interesting countries because they're both highly water constrained and they, uh, they both got uh, uh, various challenges in the water space but the way they approach the challenges are completely different and what they do in Australia now is they recycle everything and in fact uh, um, I would go so far as to say that they probably are leaders in the world uh, uh, f- uh, when it comes to applying their mind to thinking about the future beyond large dams. As we approach uh, the future with uh, our large dams the way they are, with increased levels of sewage uh, return flows going into them, uh, and at the same time, the uh, uh, temperature is warming a little bit, so the water column is getting slightly warmer than before. So we now have a couple of things happening. The first thing is we've got warmer water than before, and it's got more nutrients than before. So we suddenly start seeing a proliferation of bacteria growing in the water, blue-green algae. And that blue-green algae, in my professional opinion, this is probably going to be the biggest single crisis we're going to have in South Africa. We're going to see it starting to affect uh, irrigation water. We're going to start seeing uh, people like uh, the European Union that uh, buy our products. They're going to increasingly start becoming more sensitive towards uh, the fact that our irrigation water might be contaminated by blue-green algae, and uh, this is going to become a huge, huge problem. What's happening in the Val River at the moment today, it's all about blue-green algae, and it's all about uh, about water lettuce and water hyacinth, all the same, the same family of problems. But at the same time, while that's happening, while you're getting a proliferation of microbiological life in the water, you're also getting an accelerated loss of water to evaporation. So what are the Australians doing about this? Well, they're saying that if we are only trapping the, the eight units of rain that uh, that end up in the river. If we are trapping those eight units of rain in our dams, but we're losing 92 units, what do we start doing? How how do we start storing those eight units in a way where we're not going to lose more and more to evaporation? And they are storing their water underground in aquifers. And this, I can see, is going to be something of great, great importance for the future. And of course, there are certain farmers, depending on where they are, Depending on the on the underlying geology of the of the land, they can start uh, looking at this kind of application. So in Australia, you you get uh, uh, the underground storage of water is practiced all over. It's it's it's, it's built into the uh, the water management practice. It's built into the building codes. So we, for every house that's built, for example, the the downpipe from the from the roof, the gutter downpipe doesn't discharge into a drain. It discharges into a soak well, uh, a soak pit, and that soaks into the ground and recharge the groundwater aquifer. City of Perth gets something like 40% of its total water mix comes from that. It just comes from groundwater recharge. 40%. That's a that's that's a very, very big number. Of course the other thing that's happening uh, uh, over in Australia is that they are starting to rely more and more on desalination of seawater. But at big scale, not at not at small Mickey Mouse scale like we tried in South Africa, big scale, a 400 mega a day scale, you know the, the kind of scale that will that will that will sustain the city of Cape Town, at least half the water flow to the city of Cape Town, uh, that, that kind of scale. And what they found when when that happens is that investor confidence bounces back so strongly that capital flows into the economy, that you start becoming a capital abundant economy because capital wants to go to uh, an economy where, uh, where investors feel secure and feel that they're not going to be threatened by the next drought. So these are, these are very, very important initiatives that are coming out of Australia, these mixes. And there's, a, there's another a very interesting thing that's happening in Australia is they are looking at sewage water and recovering it. Now here you get two interesting models because Vintuk, the city of Vintuk, became the first city in the in the world that I'm aware of that uh, uh, recycled its sewage water for drinking purposes. That was in about the 1980s using technology from the CSIR. Singapore followed, so, so the city state of Singapore uh, also recycles all of its sewage in, in what is known as a direct reuse model. So it so literally goes directly from the sewage works into the, into the, the water drinking pipes and into the, into the bottles of water and into people's uh, houses. But the Australians have said no. They don't want to do that. They want to go in indirect reuse. So what they do is they recover the water from waste, but instead of sending it back for drinking purposes, they recharge the aquifers. Once again, they store it underground uh, in aquifers. So they store that water away from the ravages of evaporation of open dams. And I mean that's a huge number. And if, I mean if I if I can if I can just uh, give an indication of the number, most people listening to this podcast will be familiar with the Val dam and more. W- water is lost off evaporation are over the Vol Dam for 11 months of the year than flows in under natural conditions. So just think about that. So more, more water is lost to evaporation over the Vol Dam for 11 months of the year than flows in under natural conditions. If we didn't have augmented flow from the Lesotho Highlands and from the Tugela, the Val Dam would get smaller and smaller. It would never get bigger and bigger. So just think about that vast amount of water that is lost to evaporation, but by storing it underground, that evaporation is is, is no longer a fatter. I've recently been to a very, very big sewage works in a place called Beanie Up. The Beanie Up Wastewater treatment works in uh, in Western Australia. There, they you know, they capture about 120 megalitres, 120 million litres of water per day. They capture from uh, recovered sewage and they store that straight underground. Uh, so you know, this is very, very smart stuff. Huh? And I think that we must start uh, thinking more creatively in South Africa, either as a farmer. Or as a local authority or as business people, uh, because ultimately our our problem right now is we're leaving all the thinking to government and government is very, very lackadaisical in their thinking. They've they've lost all sense of creativity and all they can do is just the same old, same old stuff, uh, which is an inappropriate solution to an ill-defined problem.